Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Welcome to Cutscene Saga, the podcast where we dissect and discuss the stories of video games. We are kind of like a book club. Each month we gather some friends and choose a game to talk about. So once again, just like last week, I am joined on my left by... Uh, Brittany Hetherington. Welcome back, Britt. Good to have you back. <laughs> and on Britt's left, we have... Chanstar. And <laughs> on Chanstar's left... Last name. Kel. Welcome back. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, we had a great time last week. Well, I had a great time. I hope <laughs> <Yeah>. you did. Um, <laughs> there was some trauma, but there was some fun. So, you know, it balances out. Finally starting to just heal. Just like the game. Yeah, good. Yeah. So you're just starting to heal after last week and we're just going to break you back down, Britt. <laughs> okay. Um, if we must. You'll rise like a phoenix from the ashes, I'm, I'm sure. So we're talking about Majora's Mask again and this time we're talking about the plot. This, like, I mean, it's, it's a relatively short plot, isn't it? Because mm. the plot of the main story of the game is short. Yeah. It's very simple. It's everything else. Yep. Yeah. The having, moon will kill the earth in three days and you must go to four places to get MacGuffins to stop the moon from- <laughs> Giants, thank oh, you. Oh, they're giants, giants. my apologies. Yes. Yes. Very big <laughs> MacGuffins to make the, make the moon not kill everyone. Yep. I personally don't believe that Link actually went to the moon. I think it was just um, a recording. <laughs> they, 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 they faked the Link moon battle. <laughs> that flag flags. would not have waved. <laughs> yes. The branches on the trees would not have swayed like that. Yeah. <laughs> There's definitely no gravity on that moon. Yeah. You see how fast he was walking? It's not natural. Exactly oh, I right. really enjoyed... Um, have any of you watched Steven Universe? Yes. Inside Lion's Head. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, it's the moon. It's Majora's Mask Moon. I, that is, I had never put that together. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. Holy shit. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> I'm There's a, just uh, no creepy children, at least. It's the moon. It's the moon. It is the moon for Majora's it's Mask. It's the meadow oh. and the, yeah. And there's no air there because it's the moon. <laughs> I'm losing my damn mind out here. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Shit. You're welcome. Thank you. Wow, that's really enhanced my Steven Universe. <laughs> As if it needed. Look, I could talk for a long time about Steven Universe. Let's do a separate. Okay. Now that's some gay. That is on the topic of, that is that is a profoundly gay show. <laughs> Those are some space lesbians. <laughs> God bless. Okay, well, we'll start a Steven Universe podcast. Yeah. Um, Just call it Space Lesbians. You'll bring in everyone. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll bring the General Queries team on board. That's, yeah, yeah. that's one of that's not Cannon's other other podcasts. If you're into gay stuff. Go listen to them. Anyway, Majora's Mask. So it's, yeah, it's this kind of, it, it, it's like a fantasy retelling of Sisyphus really, isn't it? Like this giant rock is coming down to kill everybody and you have to continually by playing this magic song, push the moon back up and restart the three day cycle. Um, but I really loved the the application of the the song from 
Ocarina of Time and how yeah. it actually like really has true gameplay mechanics now. For sure, mm. yeah. Um, in terms of you can select time of day? Well, yeah, as in like like because cause in Ocarina of Time you play the Song of Time but it sort of just like opens some doors and yeah. stuff, whereas now it literally manipulates oh, the flow okay, of time. Of yes, yes. I feel like all the songs are more important in this one. Even the temple-based songs mm. have at least – two more uses that you needed. Yeah. And, and I love it's like you read something where it uses the word awakening and you're like, of course. <laughs> yeah. I have a song for that. I'm a genius. <laughs> and like the the unofficial songs as well, which was so cool. Like oh, the yeah. speeding up time, slowing down time. Mm. Um, uh, the scarecrow song. The scarecrow song. You, which yeah. is from Ocarina of Time, you can make yeah. it yourself. Which is always just a a a a Yeah. Scarecrows just love that song. <laughs> She announced a time to bring up um, the second thing I'll be suing for, and that's my RSI. Oh, yeah. Repetitive strain. Yeah. <laughs> Injury. <laughs> Coming for you, JB. <laughs> so, okay, so we start the game. Let's yep. start at the very beginning. Oh, yeah. You're We're, looking for Navi. You're looking for Navi, your little, your little fairy buddy that's who's disappeared. Mix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going through the, the forest where yep. you start as a kid in in Ocarina of Time. Yeah. And Skull Kid, Skull Kid wearing this terrifying mask, this horrifying wide-eyed heart-shaped mask, steals your ocarina and steals your horse and leaves you for dead. Yeah. Right? And so you chase him. He turns you into a small wooden child. In the most terrifying sequence ever, just being surrounded by Deku mm-hmm. and then a massive Deku. I, I literally have had nightmares about that sequence. Yep. Like, PTSD. Yeah. That's the thing is that this game, it starts sad and then just gets sadder. Yeah. Actually, what, what is it about us that make us want to continue to play it after we've already been struck so hard? Like, this makes me feel bad. I want some more. Yeah. <laughs> it turns out we're all masochists. Because <laughs> yeah. when this when this game isn't sad, it's very sad. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. There's no reprieve here. Yeah, there's, there's like brief, brief moments of happiness that are sullied by the fact that you have to then reset the day and everything goes back to being sad. Well, you know that at the end, when you finally save everything... It's happy, and then you close it, and you never play it again because you're like, it was happy. Yeah, <laughs> everyone was happy. I cannot ruin it, but yeah, and, and and that's kind of the thing is like, like the kind of inevitability of things being bad, of things yeah. mm. not being happy for you. You turn up in the town, a small wooden child, a small wooden a child. mask salesman <laughs> tricks you into giving him things, and then tells you that if you can get his mask back. Is that right? There's, some, yeah. there's something in it for you, little yeah. boy. Yeah. <laughs> You're terrifying, Brittany. <laughs> and then, and then and you have to spend three days f- fucking... Yeah. Well, and the mask salesman summons a goddamn organ and teaches you a song <laughs> to steal people's souls, mm. which he calls the song of healing. But like, let's be honest, it kills everybody who you play it at. Very true. When I was a young child, I was so obsessed with this game. I made my mother make me a... She got a piece of cardboard and like turned it in. I didn't play the piano at the time, but she made me like a, a fake multi-level organ that I could pretend <laughs> to play on. Yeah. God bless her. Yeah. Just yeah. put a little stereo in it and just play the song of healing on. Well, I would just like sit there watching my brothers with my little fake piano and then pretend to play along <laughs> if he was playing on his piano. Aww. That is younger sibling feelings right there. Yeah, it <laughs> Summed really is. up. Yeah. <laughs> 
Wait, oh. were we all younger siblings with this game? Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I was the older sibling. Ah, oh. Joe yeah. is the enemy. Yeah, sorry. Get him. I, um, yeah, well, because I, I, I got this game for Christmas after like loving Ocarina of Time. Um, and yeah, I had, the, I think you said last week, Kel, the same thing of like, oh, I'm in for this like fun adventure, just like Ocarina of Time. And then like now, Boy, now wrong? I'm a broken human. So, <laughs> Were your parents at all like, um, oh, come on, let your sibling play with you. And like, they just hold the controller and pretend mm, to be the fairy or something. Sad not like that? really, because oh. <laughs> my siblings, like the, the immediate sibling under me was, wasn't really into video games. Uh, okay. So there was a sort of enough of an age gap. Yeah. I still think I'm the small dog from Shinobi. (laughs) (laughs) That's precious. Mm. So what what are we doing? We've Uh, we've learned the song. Yeah. And now we we have to go out into the world. Yeah. Now you can become human again. You can become human again with this soul stealing song. Yeah. And it turns the soul of a Deku child into a mask. That way you can use their soul whenever you like. Yeah. Really portable version of a soul. So it convenient. It's horrifying. (laughs) (laughs) This is endorsed by. um, At MasterCard. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Actually, is that not when he originally teaches him that song? That's when that phrase, you've met with the terrible fate, haven't you? Kind of emerges. Uh, He he says it when you first first meet meet him. him. Yeah. Yeah. So before he plays a song. It's you've met with a terrible fate. He's going to help that terrible fate. Go get my mask back. You travel back in time. And he's like, oh, you're back. Good. I'll play you that song. Now give me the mask. And you're like, what? But there was discussion about what that actually meant in terms of does he mean the terrible fate of you've become this Deku or is it the fact he has to kind of like relive as the hero Mm, continuously trying Ah. to um, amend the wrongdoings of others? Yeah. Yeah. What a line. What a line of dialogue to have in a video game for children. You've met with a terrible fate, haven't you? My friend from high school used to just say it regularly, so it will come up into my brain um, Mm. just throughout life, and I'm like, yes. Why isn't your friend in high school here unpacking their trauma? (laughs) Uh, That's going to take a whole different podcast to do, I think. Um, And, like, like because it was – like you've got the iconic line from Zelda, which is it's dangerous to go alone here. Take this, which yeah. is so like sweet and uplifting and helpful. And then you've got the happy mask, the happy mask salesman, Ooh. minor character from Ocarina of Time. And he's one of the only characters along with Link who is the same character as yep. he was yeah. in Ocarina of Time. Skull Kid, Link and Mask Salesman are the only yeah. ones from Hyrule who and are that, the same people. It's so bizarre. And it's like, all the other characters, I mean, we'll get more into this next week, but like all the other characters in the game are like, like played by people from Ocarina of Time. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, you know, cause you're in Link's mind and this is what he's conjuring is people he's met, yeah. people he remembers. Interesting. Interesting. I think that guy needs to wear a mask too, because have you seen how quickly his face changes from that of right? joy to just despair and anger? Yeah. And I just, I can't handle it. But um, that, that, that's kind of the thing, isn't it? Because it's like, he's like that. He has this fake happy facade, but mm-hmm. underneath it, there's actually this like bubbling rage. Yeah. <laughs> and why, I mean, I can really identify with him, but you know. Why does he have that mask to begin with? Mm. Um, have you seen the short film? Uh, I think it's called Terrible Fate. Uh <sighs> where it was an animated short film came out a couple of years ago uh, where it was just the happy salesman. It was just that beginning story. Oh yeah. Uh, the story that you get from Tattle when you come across that drawing of them, oh, which the fucking stuff? breaks my heart every yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It just goes through that and it's really animated beautifully, but yeah, he finds it 
And like, there's a moment where he's like, I'm going to put this on. <gasps> no. <laughs> because the mask is supposed to be a separate entity in and yeah. of itself, right? It, it, it was some ancient tribe put all the evil feelings into one mask. mask. This is Majora's mask we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. A mask with eyes that look a little bit like boobs. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> like the same joy of writing boobs on the calculator, just me giggling. <laughs> and it, I mean, it shares a lot of design cues with a lot of what the Sheikah have in other mm. Zelda games. Like this big yeah. eye is like a recurring yeah. motif. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which is, so it's it's that kind of thing that they always do in the Zelda games where they give these hints at this larger mm. mythos that never ever gets expanded upon, that never gets built upon. Well, these are just like, like we were talking about last week, these sort of, these little weird little touchstones that appear in different places in every Zelda game, right? Yeah. Like that Sheikah symbol. I was watching a video last week, one of these obnoxious Zelda theory videos where they like go through and find the Sheikah symbol in all the places in Wind Waker and go, aha, see, and that means that this is this. And it's like, well, no, it just means that like, this is obviously an important, Part this symbol has some meaning in this legend. Yeah. Um, I think the thing that's hard, the reason I think we're struggling to keep on track talking about the plot of Majora's Mask <laughs> is that the plot is boring. The basic plot is yeah. boring. It's just yeah. it's 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 very formulaic. Yeah. It's very yeah. Like, it's, go kill I the say, bosses, get the thing. Link it turns is, up and has to save the world, right? Yeah. It is still more interesting than every single other Zelda game that has the exact same story, oh, which yeah. is Zelda's taken, go save her. Yeah. That's true. This That's one true. is whole town going to die, go save them all. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But save yourself. But like the story story yeah. is, is all the other shit, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. The, it's the it's the thousands of town people that you meet and all of their stories and then the, all the little mini stories before each dungeon and all of those sorts of things. Well, I mean, it's, it's I think the only, maybe not so with Breath of the Wild now, but at the time it was the only Zelda game that had like, like a quest log for you, you know, yeah. you, you have that bomber's notebook because you need to keep track of what everyone's doing. All of these side quests that you've yeah. been given, they had to form, you know, um, uh, codify that in some way so you can keep track of it. Yeah. It's almost like a joy to the OCD structure of like the game than that it does follow similar to Ocarina of Time in terms of these are the temples, there's this many type of things you need to interact with and you're going to come across Gorons and Zora, etc. cetera. Um, so I, I think even though the the plot itself, I suppose, is just very much fix the thing. Um, there's a nice almost calm inconsistency amongst the, the chaos of what's happening in the world to know that this is what I need to do to, to fix that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, I absolutely. I, I do love the robustness of even the most simple stories. Mm. Like one of the things that really got me this time is the random guy sitting with the chickens in Romani's yes. ranch and – He's just sitting there going, yeah, the world's probably going to end. The only sad thing is I don't get to see these chickens grow to be adults. Oh. And I was like, whoa. And that's why you you put on your mask yep. and you march around and they all turn into big chickens. And he's like, he's just overwhelmed with happiness. It's like, oh my God. And it's just, that that just wins you the bunny mask. That's all it does. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's almost nothing. <laughs> Yeah. But you got that story. And genuinely, I think finding those stories is a really rewarding part of Majora's Mask mm. is you get to learn these stories and you might be able to make someone a little happy. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why, I mean, obviously there is the very physical presence of this moon mm. up there sort of 
you can see it wherever you are in the game. You can see this moon slowly getting closer and closer and closer and you know what it's going to do. And so obviously that makes you feel like, oh God, I got to save this. We've got to do this. Got to save the world. There is the physical representation of what's destroying the world. But also I think I can't think of another video game in which now I'm, we're kind of talking about the characters now, but I guess the, the way the story is told and the way the story is structured yeah. with the going back in time and sort of meeting people and all that sort of stuff. I cared about there being a happy ending for these people yeah. Yeah. because you spend so much of the game just like helping them a little bit and learning about them and, and, yeah. and so much of, you know, like, yeah, you go off and do the temples, but like, like whatever, right? Like what I care about is getting all the masks and helping all these people. Yeah. That's, that's, I think the story does because of the way it's structured does such a good job of perhaps better than any other piece of media I've ever consumed of me going, no, I need to save these people. Like I need yeah. to save Andrew and cafe and the postman and like the Romani sisters and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. And like, it, it made me care about the collectibles. Like I'm generally not somebody who, who cares for collectibles, but I was like, I need to get all the masks because if there, if there's a mask I'm missing, it means there's a story I'm missing. Yeah, you know, mm, there's no, sure. there's no masks that just appear out of nowhere. You know, every single mask has a story behind it, has a has a tale to tell. Even the the dancing guy who rocks up at twelve, his lost soul, yeah. his dancing guy, he just he just has one little line, and it's the most beautiful little story ever. That's just stories. It's great. Yeah, exactly. And this, yeah, like this terrible, like song you have to play. <laughs> I, but I just, I think that's, it, there's a kind of beauty to it that it's called the song of healing and that it doesn't, like you can't heal them. You can't help them. All it does is kind of end their suffering. Like that's Which all that song all ever does. healing really is. This is why we're so trauma, in a, traumatized. In a, in a weird way, finding the small joys in life while the world is ending around you. <laughs> like like Zora's you find, mask. what's the Zora's name? Mikau? Mikau. Mikau. You find him dying. You play the song of healing and he dies. Like that's, it's awful. It's horrific. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But he did jam out hard right before he died. That is true. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, geez. I do think Macau was my favorite saving a soul, even though it is literally killing him. Yep. His little jam beforehand. Because like when you get him out of the water and he slowly walks, step, Mm -hmm. step, step, falls on the beach. And then you go and talk to him and he just bounces up with his guitar and rocks out. Ah. Do any, sorry, I'm going to take control. Do any of you guys have like a favorite side quest? Just a story that hits you hard? I mean, the Andrew and Cafe one is obviously wow. yeah, yeah. I, it's a pretty obvious example. Yeah, I like, feel like everyone would say Couple's that Mask is like such an amazing sort of tale. Um, <sighs> that was one that my brother never did. I didn't find that story mm. until I played it on Wii. And I was like, I have missed out on so much of this game because I didn't get this one story. I quite liked, um, is his name Gorman? Yeah. The one who you have to play the music for in the milk bar. That was the one I was going to say, because you know the Gorman brothers and you've seen the terrible things you do. You have this one random Gorman brother. Ah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I also quite like in the, um, Ikana, Ikana, I don't know how you pronounce it. The The canyon. Yeah. Zombie blokes. Yeah. Just that thing about, it's just like, it is actually... See, this is the thing. I keep being like, this is the saddest part of this game. And I'm like, oh no, I remember this. Bit. Is the the idea of this this daughter who her house is surrounded by zombies, 
and then her dad turns into a zombie, so she has mm. to lock him in a room in her house. So not only – she's surrounded by zombies, there's one in her house. This is like a child who has to, like, lock her dad up so that her dad won't kill her, but she mm. loves her dad enough that she can't just, like, kill him. It's just so bleak. It's so bleak. Oh. <laughs> I just realized that makes this game definitively sadder than the Walking Dead video game because it has the Walking Dead video yeah. game in it. Yeah. <laughs> As a side oh, quest. Jesus. I was going to mention, I didn't know how to say it either. Ikana? Ikana. Ikana. It's the only um, problem with video games with no voiceover is you don't know how to yeah. pronounce anything. Which is actually another thing in terms of, um, how do, uh, people are assuming that they know what Link is saying and that he's like, I will help you. And I don't know if he's just kind of thrust into these scenarios because he's like, oh, shit, they're expecting this now. Yeah. Better finish it because um, he can't say no. Because he just looks like a hero. Like, yeah. That would be a great Zelda game, just the reluctant hero Zelda <laughs> yeah. where he's like, I really don't want to do this, guys. I'm a coward. Yeah. And then at the end, the, the solution is the fact that you no longer have to be a hero. Mm-hmm. And they keep giving you things as well. So you're like, oh, okay, I, I guess I better follow through. But yeah. <laughs> it's just, this just, again, just saying who I am as a person. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, probably uh, Ikana. Just sad. It really is. That was when I stopped playing the first time because it scared the hell out of me. Because even the way they use the camera in that scene, when he comes out of the cupboard and he's just like, and I'm like, oh God, no, brother, you play. Kasten, you finish this game now. <laughs> and like they've, they've infused story into like every little bit of, mm. you know, the, the, the one that comes to mind is the kind of graveyard where you've got all of these, these, um, skeleton children yeah but if you put on the mask you can talk to them like they're not just enemies they're there's a society here this is a yeah. town of dead people mm. um and like the gerudo you know it's, it's like they're not just enemies they actually have a story behind it they have their internal politics that are going on um that you walk into the middle of that scene is truly fascinating when you run it when you see the leader of the gerudo talking to that well, it's, it's like, oh, wow, I've never seen all I knew about the Gerudo is Ganondorf is the only male. So I assume they all fuck him. That's all I've ever <laughs> known about the Gerudo. And then this story comes on with their pirates and there's this whole, oh, yeah, stories. Right. I, I think they were in, there's implications that the women folk, as they mm. prefer to be called, I've, I've been informed, um, <laughs> uh, do kind of at times venture out and go and see like, Males of different. That makes sense. Oh yeah. yeah, that does happen in Breath of the Wild. I was about to well. say they expand. On oh, say I haven't Wild. played Breath of the Wild, yeah, so that's. Oh my god, you have to play Breath of the I Wild. I know. Okay, you when really I was must. shooting my last, my second last film, it was my DP brought his Switch and would just play it all day because we were shooting night, and I just like hang out by him, going. That's cool, <laughs> what, man. What you doing there, man? <laughs> With the exception of like the horrifically transphobic. Part. The rest oh, of it's yeah. pretty cool. That bit's pretty. That's pretty the Gerudo yeah. part, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I've heard it's the Gerudo part. part. Yeah, it's not ideal. Oh. No. But anyway, we're not here to talk about <laughs> Breath of the Wild. No, that's that'll be a different podcast when I discuss the <laughs> the transphobia of Breath of the Wild. What kind of weirdly stood out to me in a kid? I kind of almost made the association between the Skull Kid and like Marowak in Pokemon. In that, there, <laughs> yep. there's like, um, yeah. was the implication that Cubone was wearing his mother's skull, mm-hmm. and there was almost like a tragic component to the fact that there's they're misunderstood in their own ways, and um, they feel like they need to alter their appearance to conceal the trauma of their past. And for mm. the Skull Kid, that's his 
actual physical appearance and for uh, like Kubo and it's his mother's death. Yeah. For some reason yeah. my, as a child I just made the link and it just That's really brought link, me down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think there's, they also mentioned that um, there's various skull kids. Is that a thing? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Children the, that have yeah, they're out like to the uh, forest. They, they are people who get lost in yeah. the lost woods. So yeah. if Link doesn't die, he becomes a Skull Kid. Yeah, exactly right. And so um, he's like, like Skull Kid is already a tragic figure in mm. the, you know, and, and we've met him before, and he yeah. befriended Link, um, and now he's got this like <laughs> double extra tragedy of having this ancient curse placed upon him. Mm. But I mean, there's a there's an interesting twist on the. You know, because I mean, like, like like you said, Kel, it's it's a pretty formulaic go and defeat evil and save the world. But it's quite interesting that your actual goal isn't save the world. Your actual goal is get the mask back. It's, it's like true. save the mask. It just happens to fix mm. everything. Yeah, yeah, it just happens to fix the world while you're doing it. Um, yeah. yeah, the task you've been given is to retrieve this, this object um, and bring it back to the mask man who presumably we assume will keep it safe. Yeah, do, do Well, I mean, he's failed or- in the past. Yeah, I he got defeated by a child, and like literally by a child. Yeah, <laughs> I guess by the fact that he's not wearing it, the implication is he's not trying to seize the power. But I guess yeah, you don't ultimately mm. know. Mm-hmm. You got to see a Majora's Mask two, where the salesman has just destroyed the world. <laughs> I don't trust him. Never nah. did. Nah. It is a bleak story, and I think there's something interesting in it, looking at because other Zelda games are supposed to be dark, right? Like Twilight Princess is supposed yeah. to be like a dark game. Twilight Princess is supposed to be dark. That was a romp. No, but what I mean is, is like by comparison to Majora's Mask, it honestly is. Like what, what is it specifically about? I mean, about this game that, that it somehow manages. One of the things that I was thinking about while I was like sort of writing up notes for this episode mm. is the fact that we see so many games that are about the post-apocalypse, mm. but there are very few games that are about the pre-apocalypse and not just the pre-apocalypse. I mean like literally down to the second, like there are a few games where you can walk around seconds before, you know, the whole world is going to end. Mm -hmm. And it's such a, like it's such a weird feeling walking around in just even in just like clock town with that horrible oppressive like synth music playing you can like the screen starts shaking there's it's like really really dark there's just no one in the streets you're all by yourself it's just horrifying like (laughs) then you go into the buildings and you find everyone hiding yeah like the the swordsman like we were talking about before is like terrified he just wants one more day the postman's freaking out because yeah. it's one of the saddest ones he's freaking out because like he's so far in denial the thing that he's worried about is that his roots are now screwed yeah. up like yeah. how am I going to do my postal roots if the world explodes <laughs> like it's just so it's like I want to leave town but it's not in the schedule yeah. bureaucracy yeah. imagine being in like at your job for the final days of the world. (laughs) You're still on shift, mate. I I worked on, what was it? December, whatever, 2012. Mm. I was working the night shift going, this is going to suck if the world ends. (laughs) (laughs) Working through the apocalypse. What's the point? I was honest because one of the notes was, you know, how does, how is this story unique? And I was hoping one of you guys would bring up another game that deals with the pre-apocalypse because I've never seen one other one. No, I can't think like, of any. Nothing no, comes to mind. I can't think of anything. Um, I was only just drawing again links between other similar dark games and that Silent Hill kind of has just the general mood of mm. madness. It's, it's another similar um, story where it's a town that is created for that person. Yeah. Termina is 
purely in Link's mind. Silent Hill is purely in whatever character you're playing. Like, that's a good Link. You're mm. good at this. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, I, my trick is that I talk to people that are smarter than myself and then I steal the information <laughs> and parrot it back. Smart move. Thank you. Um, in terms of just general, uh, I don't know, plot, again, there's links to like Death Note in that there's a fa- fantasy general Japanese creatures and undertones mm. of what the fuck is that that I'm looking at right now? Oh, okay, it's um, a god of death. That's fine. <laughs> um, and just... Because, yeah, I mean, there's there's a kind of canyon which is like, which is dark. It's supposed to be a dark, yeah. scary yeah. place. But for the most part, it it's fairly bright and colourful. You mm. know, like it's it reflects what you would expect from like an Ocarina of Time type place. You know, you've got the bright, beautiful forest. You've got the the you know lovely seascape and everything but then over it all is this this horrific moon with the awful face upon it mm. um whereas like yeah you were saying contrasting it to twilight princess twilight princess is it tries to be dark and gritty it's mm. it, that that's the aesthetic they've gone for is making it dark yeah but the things it's actually about aren't as dark as no. as no Majora's mask i think there's something to be said for the structure yeah i think that it's interesting mm. in that i don't know and this is my own personal bias, mm. but I just think video games are better at telling this kind of story. Mm. They're better at telling bitsy little detailed stories about sort of a collage, almost tone poem, tone, tone poem situation rather than a really straight linear story. I mean, they can do that as well, right? Yeah. I talked about how Bioshock Infinite did that, but yeah. I think video games are unique in that because you have that constant uh, like – uh, mechanical feedback the whole time you can tell slow bitsy stories where you learn about every single member of the town whereas like if a movie tried to do that it'd be fucking boring exactly if, if a book tried to do that it'd be fucking boring yeah. like a tv series yes would be able to do it but like video games are unique in their ability to sort of like especially this one <laughs> the three-day situation mm. you can really learn just about everything there is to learn about these characters yeah. and i mean there's you know, we were talking last week about Life is Strange as well. I think both Life is Strange and Majora's Mask do something that I think is quite clever in that they use the affordances of the video game medium to tell a story you couldn't otherwise tell, i.e. time travel, yeah. to literally give to the player the ability to manipulate time. That You can only really do that in a simulated world. You could, that would be so hard to do in a novel or a TV show. Mm, absolutely. Because, you know, there's no there's yeah. no feedback, there's no interactivity. Um, Doctor Who. What Doctor <laughs> is there a bad time to and so, Doctor Who? And so, like, Doctor Who does have some... Yeah. The one that comes to mind is where Peter Capaldi's Doctor is trapped in that castle and it's the same day over That's and over again. That's one of my favourite episodes yeah. of Peter Capaldi's run. Yeah, me too. Um, and so that kind of tells a similar sort of story, but, you mm. know, to actually be able to give to the audience the ability to oh, manipulate yeah, no, time. Mm. Um, and, yeah, like, like, like you say, Kel, being able to get down into those really nitty gritty stories and being able to tell them again and again in slightly different ways and those sorts of things that would get really boring in a TV show. Yeah, exactly. I think Majora's Mask is the one that I think is most successful with it because it's probably one of my favourite parts of Fallout 4 or any of the Fallout games is you find these little nuggetsy stories like how if in Fallout 4, if you go and kill this bunch of raiders and you go kill these raiders and look into their computer files, they've written about the other raiders you've killed. Right. And the fact that you killed them ends up coming up as well. Uh, and I love that little story thing, but it's literally just reading text on a screen. Whereas 
Majora's Mask, you are part of that story. You're helping tell that story. You're fucking up that story, tell, feeling terrible about it and go back and doing it again. Mm. I think that that brings up something. Um, I felt very much with Majora's Mask that all of the stories felt very handcrafted. Mm. There yeah. was no... Um, yeah, like um, like like you say, in a big open world, you know, like those big Bethesda games, you yeah. get all of these little stories, but they don't they don't feel like they've been like authored quite so much. Do you know what I mean? This yeah. game felt very authored, felt very um, yeah. yeah. It's the right number, you know. It's, yeah. it's roughly the right number of those stories that there is enough that you care about, and also enough that they can author them in that way, I think. And the fact that they connect together and everything, because I was, just before we uh, done the podcast, I, mm. I was, uh, I just saved Romani's ranch and I'm about to go off and defeat the Gormans. And she just randomly mentions the fact that her best friend Anju is in the t- city and she's going to get married. And oh, I was oh, like, yeah. oh, whoa. Yeah, and, and I was about to say, Anju's one of the seven. most pivotal characters, I think, in that she is connected to a lot of these stories. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I mean, we'll get into speaking about character next week. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So I think we'll probably wrap up there for plot. We didn't really do what we normally do on the show, which <laughs> is go through bit by bit. But I don't. I, th- I think, as we discussed, that's not the point of this game. The point yeah. of this game is all those little little plots. So um, yeah, we'll we'll wrap up there. So thank you to my three guests for coming back on. Thank you, Britt. Thank you, Chancellor. Thank Stop. you, Kel. Thank you for having us here, Joe. Yeah. I will Appreciate see you it. all again next week. Um, thank you, as always, to Zainzi Weber and That's Not Canon Productions, our producers. And if you want to catch up with us, you can follow us, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Cutscene Saga, or you can email us, cutscenesaga at gmail.com. We'll see you next week. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.